So it's a pleasure being here once again. And uh, glory to God for having me here another week. And as I always say, all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. And uh, it's just a continuation from what was discussed last week where I mentioned if in your giving you are not sincere, your gifts to you can be a snare. So today I would like to talk about giving cements relationship and it is an integral part of worship. So today's segment will not be long, it's rather short and I'll start. One of the greatest obstacles to progress in the Church of Jesus Christ today is the poor perception that Christians have of giving. In the main, the average believer views giving with disdain. And even among the clergy, giving is sometimes treated with scant courtesy, doctrinally speaking. So I repeat, for too long, giving to God has been treated as an unsavory religious act adopted by the clergy primarily to ensure their financial viability. But this should never be so. For since giving to God is a God-ordained ministration that cements our relationship with him, giving must be duly classified as worship. Now, if you have any doubts about this, you truly need to listen to what our father Abraham had to say about it. And the following scripture that I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 22 verse 45 states, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So that was read from Genesis chapter 22, verses 45. Brethren, if Abraham classified the giving of his son to God as worship, we would surely be otherwise if we do not view giving likewise. Moreover, to confirm this point of view, all you need to do is examine his earlier encounter with Melchizedek and observe that after the communion service recorded in Genesis chapter 14 verse 18 and the blessing of Abraham by Melchizedek in verse 19, the next highlight of that encounter was the inauguration of the giving of tithes. So that's Genesis chapter 14 verses 20. Verse 20. From these two incidents, therefore, taken from the life of Abraham, we can better understand the relationship between giving and fellowship, and so better appreciate this fact that genuine Christian giving is an integral part of worship. Now, this is the very point that Jesus was communicating in his lesson on giving, as recorded in Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 to 24 quoted before um on my previous segments right so moreover one may say i need 
one more concrete example before I can be fully convinced that giving is worship. Well, if that is your position, King David's writings will surely provide you with that confirmation. And he wrote this in Psalm chapter 96, verse 1 and chapter 79, and it states, O sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fear before him all the earth. Brethren, by linking the giving of glory to God's name with the simultaneous giving of our gifts to him, the psalmist David, by divine inspiration, is informing us that giving to God's cause is a genuine aspect of worship as we read in Psalm 96 verse 8. Moreover, to confirm sin, God further inspired David to add verse 9, immediately after having made the same linkage. Brethren, do you still have doubts that giving is a ministration of fellowship? And as such, should rightly be classified as worship? I doubt any properly informed Christian would have any problem with accepting the fact that ministering to the Lord with one's substance is a Bible-endorsed aspect of worship. For both the Old and New Testament testify to the fact that it is indeed so. Therefore, let us now consider what the New Testament has to say on this issue. In this regard, St. Paul's epistle to the Corinthians is surely significant when he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9 and 12, as it is written, he had dispersed abroad, he had given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. For the administration of this service not only supplied the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. So here it is, brethren, by divine inspiration, the apostle took and teach of the Gentiles, Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 78, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11, wrote categorically that the giving of one's gifts to the saints is also a tangible way of expressing many thanksgivings unto God, as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. And time saints, as I close, there is no need for me to advance any other arguments. For Abraham, the father of faith, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, King David, the father of praise, in Psalm chapter 96, verse 8 to 9, Jesus, the everlasting father, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, and St. Paul, the greatest apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12, did not conspire, but unanimously held a common testimony on this matter. 
Because of this undeniable fact, we must conclude that giving to God's cause is not merely some religious gimmick, but must be seen for what it truly is, even as genuine worship. So that's the end of my segment today, brethren. I will be live next Sunday again. Please prepare yourselves for Jesus Christ's return because he will be returning soon. Brethren, as I have always said, I have never made mention of purchasing any books to read, but I've always shared and have always mentioned that reading the Bible on a daily basis is necessity and it is required to help strengthen you in the word and also for you to gain knowledge spend time in the world to build fellowship with god because what lies ahead the world will stand so have a safe and productive week brethren jesus christ loves you i love you bless